Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, guys, we just uh, paused and unpaused to get some additional people here on the podcast. Um, sitting to my left, Mr. Steve Lucas with Buckmaster. Steve, how are you? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, we worked you today, man. Like, y'all, how many how many bucks did you score today? Uh, I've scored 10 that made the record book, and I think there was six that did not. Wow. 16, wow. Now, how does that compare to, like, other, like, scoring events or stuff typically? Uh, for an event this size, that was great, awesome. but there, you know, we haven't had anything up in this area for a while. So if you do it again, we're a little bit more advertising, a uh, little bit longer for the event. We could get more deer. Makes sense. I don't know if that's a good thing though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we might need another score over here to help you out. No, you've been since I mean really before even eleven o'clock. We started the event started at eleven, ran till technically two, but it went longer than that. We're still here, and it's like I don't know three twenty four, three twenty five right now, three twenty four. Yep. Um, it was I mean from literally probably ten thirty until maybe I don't know. 
30, 40 minutes ago. You've been just like the whole time just measuring deer, not even yep. had a chance. Did you even get a chance to eat anything? I've had a, a bottle of water, and that's it. Dang, okay. <laughs> oh All right. Well, we're going to have to get you a cinnamon roll at least. Yeah, here, we got exactly. cinnamon roll. I like, felt sorry for him. I was asking didn't need a chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, also, we got uh, Wes Moe back here on the podcast. So, Wes is sitting here. Uh, Wes, what's going on, man? Ah, just sitting up here enjoying this food. Yeah. Hey, man. Waivers does it. Yeah, that has been. Oh, we forgot to talk about the old flip-flop hand they did uh, with uh, when oh, we had yeah. Titus and Stanley on here, but. That's kind of cool. Whole, you know, put a whole deer roast deer. Those kibasas done me in. Did they? Oh man, that's good. That's another one didn't bring the kibasa up. That kibasa's. I never had. I'm telling you, man, that's real good. That's one of of their favorite things. I think as far as people buying the kibasa and stuff. Well, it was good. God, that flip flop ham. Yeah, it just got the grill going, and I mean, whole deer ham on there. Three minutes aside, flip it. Trim off what you're gonna eat. Like, oh my it was, gosh, it was good. I had a sandwich did, with that. So. You're acting like you're a little apprehensive. Because uh, yeah, I, I know that Wes has a question for me. Or oh, something. Listen, okay, so listen, <laughs> so we get well, we got we got Steve on here first. I, I was gonna get with Steve first here. Uh, Steve, again, you made the drive up here uh, to Hartsoul to do this event. Again, very grateful for you to come out. Because thank yes. you for having me. Absolutely, it, it was part of the event I wanted. Was even though it's in the middle of deer season, last part of deer season here. There's still a lot of guys hunting extremely hard. Um, you know, with this event, which is again is to help promote, you know, weavers uh, processing, um, we wanted to be able to, to, you know, offer something for people that's already either killed some deer or like what a lot of guys did uh, today, bring their mounts in from years past that they wanted to get, you know, officially scored. So, uh, again, greatly appreciate you and also, you know, Buckmasters, you know, sharing the post about the, the event and everything. Um, it's been awesome. Because, uh, again, it's one of those things that, you know, there's not many of these events that you can go to where you can get like someone like yourself to come out here and give an official score, especially for Buckmasters record books. Um, so that's been awesome. It's been kind of cool, also, kind of like you eyeball it. And you're like, how big is that deer? And then you, then you look at then you yeah. look at the score sheet afterwards. Like, okay, okay, you know, kind of closer. Like when you did my uncle's deer, I was like, okay, that's right. You know, within about two to three inches of kind of where I thought he was at. Um, but then you see some giants. I mean, there's been some huge deer uh, brought there were in some here. Some big ones brought in. I mean, oh, yes. Yeah. Like, what, what was some of the? What were some? Of, I guess the the real notable ones from this event. I know you had one come in from Missouri, which was a giant. I had a uh, one that was two eleven from Missouri. Oh, uh, yes, two eleven. I had a one seventy two velvet bokeel from Kentucky by uh, a lady. Wow. Her first compound bow kill. Wow, I've mm-hmm. seen that. I've never heard do that one. Dang. Yes. And then uh, the 181 from here in Alabama. So, Scott Terry. Yeah, Scott Terry. Uh, Scott, Land, yes. yes. A monster. What, what were, do you remember those uh, brow tie measurements? I do not. <laughs> you <laughs> have to be numbers. Freaking 18 inches. I don't know, dude. They're I think, huge. I think one of them was 12, another one was a little over 10 or something. I thought. They, were both, they both they, looked about a foot long. Like, they're they were pretty huge. good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. I think his calculator was smoking there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the numbers start running together, and I have to kind of back away for a minute and say, <laughs> reset. Mm. There were some very impressive bucks brought in, though. It was, I mean – yeah, I was I was blown away at the yeah. deer that started rolling in pretty much immediately. Yes, I mean, right. like that guy walked up with that Missouri buck was two hundred inches. Yes, two eleven. Two eleven. Oh my. Okay, well, I knew it was big, but daggum, holy smoke! I saw him walk up with that. I was like, oh, we're bringing we're bringing those kinds of deer today. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> there was three from Alabama over one seventy. That's that's impressive. 
what, Wes is raising his hand on one of them. There <laughs> yeah. you go. He said, yes, sir. Thank you very much. I can think of three right off. There might have been four, but I know for sure there was three over 170. Well, that, that one's over 170 as well. You didn't score that one, but these Not two this are year. <laughs> yeah, so, he scored that in last year. What, that's, uh, there was four Alabama show. deer. Well, Michael Perry's buck is right here behind uh, us. No, uh, Michael Perry or Matt Perry's? But I'm both of them. Both oh, of them. okay. Yeah. I was getting to that. Actually, there's four of them from the periods that's in buck matches. So. so how many deer would that be? Alabama bucks. So we had, what, five Alabama bucks here that were over 170? And at least three of them are public land? Oh, just – yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's impressive. That's a lot of that's a lot of antler here. We we made sure to put Perry's bucks over here in the corner where everyone on the highway can see them. <laughs> make sure they're not drawing a gun when they drive by too. <laughs> yeah, they are mounts. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're no. impressive. But but uh no, it, that was crazy. Again, Steven, you told me that you had a couple guys coming that were gonna come to the event for the story. Yes. One was that Missouri deer and the other deer that came up from around Huntsville. Did that Huntsville deer ever show up? He never showed up. Yeah. I wanted to see that thing so bad. You showed me a photo of it, and the yeah, mass that, on that deer right. is just unreal. I mean, Louisville sluggers, it looks like, for whole main beans. It's crazy deer. Um, but well, Like a, um, Terry Scott's deer had seven-inch bases, is that right? One was a little over six. Uh, you know, we go the smallest measurement between the base and the brow tine, another P1. Uh, but... One was a little over six, and one was right at six. Okay, wow. That's I've seen a lot of pictures of that deer. It didn't do it no justice. No, no not at all. When you're standing here with it, and I was going, my God, what's yeah. the mass? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, when you Steve, or Scott actually gave it to me to like hold for a second, I was like, man, you could do freaking like with some legit yeah. bicep curls with this thing, dude. It was like Perry's deer. I mean, I remember, Perry, when you had your deer, we came up to your house and did we do a podcast episode. And you're letting me hold it, right? I'm like, man, you get you get a little workout in, you know, toting that thing around. <laughs> They're heavy. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but no, that's awesome. Well, Steve, how long have you been scoring for Buckmasters? Since 1996. Oh wow. I'm the regional director. I'm over Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, but I get to go to shows all over. I've been to Hammond, Indiana, Greensburg, North Carolina. They have a uh, group going to the Monster Buck Classic in Topeka, Kansas next weekend. I'm not going to get to make that trip. Uh, and everywhere in between, uh, I will be in Bastrop, Louisiana for Simmons Big Buck Contest the first weekend of March. I could do one or the other. I couldn't do both. So I'm going to Louisiana. <laughs> Which you were telling me that's like a very impressive show. That is. If you want to see some true southern big bucks and be surprised at some of the deer that come out of Louisiana oh, and Mississippi and Arkansas. Go over the first Saturday of March and you'll get your eyes open. I mean, uh, and, and it's not just the antler size, it's the body size of some of these deer. I mean, you think Louisiana basically parallel with us, but yet they killing 300, 350 pound deer. Well, I was going to say, you showed us a photo of a buck, uh, a girl killed, or a woman killed, and it dressed, what was it, two? 285. Dressed. 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 285. <laughs> First part of January. Mm. Now, that deer. First be- part of January. After the rut. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cow. Yeah, that's a bull yearling. Yeah, that's a cow. I didn't think that. I knew they had some big racks, but that weight, goodness gracious. Oh, I've got a buddy that lives in Ravel. 
and he's killed a couple on farmland. You go get your tractor for the bucket. You take them out there, and a couple of you roll them in the bucket because you can't pick them up. Yeah, no, the, the, those farmland deer. Again, we've had listeners from that area of Louisiana that have you know written in about deer they've killed and you know big leases and hunting clubs and, and just property they have. And it's like not only again, not only do they have the giant bodies, but they have huge. I mean, these guys, some of these clubs are passing 150 inch deer because they're trying oh, yes. to kill 170. Again, in Louisiana, deep south. Uh, at classifies the deep south, right, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, I'll get. I'll give them. I'll loop them in, even though they got big deer. Even though they got no, big I, deer. Yeah, <laughs> I, I give Andrew crap. He's like, we had a conversation not too long ago. Y'all know this. Well, Perry might listen. Oh, Wes maybe too. Andrew doesn't call some states in the south the south. He's like, oh, no, we got the deep south. Look, he's like Tennessee doesn't count. Arkansas. Kentucky doesn't count. is not the deep south. It's just not Kentucky. Well, it's not the. The well, deep you, south or the south? That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, there's no need to rehash this. Like, I already made everybody mad in Arkansas, Kentucky. So. Oh, <laughs> anyway, but um, Steve, I, I want to ask, like, especially with some of these deer you've measured in Alabama, is there any been like any special deer that have come in either because of the story, the the deer, or whatever that was, you know, kind of more notable that you've done, spe- specifically in the south or in you know Alabama? Well, when I first started scoring and. I volunteered to go to Buttmasters for the couple of years and just to get more experience. And after about 99, that's when they started inviting me to come to the Expos every year. They seen I was serious about it, wanted to learn more. Some of the better deer, and one of them's the number two deer in the state, is the John Moss Buck. I was able to hunt it down, measure it, 289. Now that deer was killed in 1989 in Perry County before all the high fence deer. Everybody said, oh, that's no. We had deer before that. Uh, There was a young lady a couple of years ago killed one down just outside of Clanton that was a 170 class deer. that's amazing, too, because I've hunted a lot around Clanton. Them are small deer. <laughs> well, her dad had been watching it, and they was together, and the deer was a little far when he come out, and he kept elbowing her to get her off the phone, shoot, 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 and it finally got up about 100 yards, and she shot it. <laughs> That's amazing, you know, because a mature deer down there, when I was hunting back in the 80s down there, you know, mature deer is like 100 pounds, maybe, maybe 110 for a good one. Mm. That's a a Uh, monster for down there. There's uh, one that come out of uh, Lowndes County. Mainframe six point. Got my attention. (laughs) Had 29 scoreable points. Whoa. Just over 200 inches. No way. I didn't see this deer. And when I posted a picture of it on Facebook, I got a message within about 30 seconds. (laughs) Uh, Asked me where the deer was killed. And I told him, close. He had trail cam pictures of the deer 10 miles away. Wow. Uh, but there's been several like that. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, go into Tennessee a few years ago and score the Stephen Tucker buck, the big muzzleloader deer. That was cool. What was that, three-something? Uh I had it 317 for Buttmasters. Yeah, it was the world record until the next year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And for him to have a misfire on in a ground blind, 
Right. Unload this muzzle loader, reload it, and then kill the deer. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part of the story, Wes. You wish you, your deer was standing still long enough for you to do that? Well, I saw one two years ago, and you know the one that run over on another on some private property we didn't get. It was a little bit bigger than my 174, and uh, it was a misfire on a muzzle loader. But I was so nervous trying to put the pin in there, and you know he took off, and I got him in the neck. My buddy, he was sitting not too far from him. Deer run right by him, and I said, "Why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you shoot?" And he said, "Man, I seen the mountains. I ain't seen nothing like that before." They just sat there and watched it. They wanted to run right over <laughs> on a private club, and they wouldn't let us go get it. And now it's hanging in their clubhouse. Huh? Yeah, yeah. it's in their clubhouse now. Golly, that's terrible. we could see it, but yeah. we we knew it was it was one week after I shot the big one. Mm-hmm. It was one week later, and we could see it. But I said, hey, guys, this is probably B and C. Let's, let's, let's back out. Let's do it proper. That guy was just rude. Well, he said he'd have us put in jail and everything else. We went over and got that deer. Mm. But, you know, yeah, misfires with mother loaders make your heart sick. <laughs> it will. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy. I, I didn't know that detail with the, the Tucker buck. Yes. Um, so you got to measure that deer, too. That's that's wild. That, that deer had such a unique. Got like antler uh, configuration, I guess. Yes. Like all the like curling points, it looked like just unbelievable. Um, gosh. Now, what are some? Do you have any like interesting stories, especially like whether it's like a recovered deer, or like a what, what's what's the classification if it's something that they haven't killed but they just found? Well, uh, it's interesting you say that. I was contacted by a young man that killed a deer last year couldn't find it and he they found it this year that would go in the book as a pickup if it made the 140 inch minimal yeah but he killed it and he's pretty sure but yeah, he didn't find about. it within a certain amount of time i think i know who you're talking about i think i know you talk big 10 look like it looked like maybe a big 10 wide 10 yes yeah. oh yeah and i saw i, I saw I know, that yeah Yep, yeah, that's a that's a big old bug, man. He was sick too. He yeah. got he still got the a cheap European mount made, but he found it. Yes, that's the one. That, yeah, it looks it wasn't even chewed on or anything, right? That's yeah. The one, yeah. I asked him. I said, I said, man, you're lucky the squirrels yeah. didn't get it. He said, well, there's a couple little gnaw marks. I said, wow, it was a nice big wide deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful deer. Yeah, yeah. it's an incredible deer. Oh, um, is that something that happens like? often it seems like where guys you know will recover deer later because I, I don't hear that happening a ton where a guy will shoot a deer and they don't find it for like a year or so later it happens but it's not that often oh uh, with the tracking dogs and everything now most of the deer are recovered within a you know a good amount of time and we can enter it as a hunter or harvested deer is butt match was it twenty four hours or? Oh, uh, they haven't really set a time on it. Okay, it's just you know if you shoot it late this afternoon, you look for it, you find it first thing in the mor- morning. We can still enter it, um, and I'm sure that's something that eventually will get brought up. But within you know just within a day or so, being able to. And knowing that you never gave up on the deer. Right. 
Okay. I didn't know. I think Boone and Crockett, though, I think they used to. They had like a 24-hour rule or something like that. They, they have. Uh, they've gotten a little slack on some of the stuff. And, you know, Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young are now one unity. I remember reading that. So. Huh. I didn't know that. Yes. That, that's something that's just happened in the last nine quite a year yet. Yeah. I think Larry Manning <coughs> was talking telling yeah. me that. So, uh, yeah. And the Pope and Young guys can go and take a refresher course through the Boone and Crockett system. But you got to go up Wisconsin, Minnesota, somewhere up there, and I think uh, it's around three hundred dollars for a one-day course for a refresher when you've been measuring for fifty years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Also, Steve, can you just explain like what what's the difference between when someone hears Buckmaster score a Buckmaster score versus a Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young? Can you describe or explain the difference when it comes to like the record books, how they're kept, the this the the differences between the two, and also uh, maybe like some background on like the record book itself and how long it's been about? With Buckmasters and Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young, we take the measurements basically the same. You you're gonna get the same circumference measurements, time lengths, um, and each score is gonna be just a little bit different especially on your main beams. The main difference between the systems is Buckmasters does not do deductions. It's 100% bone. Uh, official score does not include the inside spread because it's air. But we will give you the inside score in what they call the BTR score, which is short for Buckmaster Trophy Records. So you do get 100% antler plus the spread for your BTR score. Where on your typicals, mainly uh, the Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young wants everything symmetrical. Uh, you know, if you got a G1 that they call, uh, and Buckmaster calls it a P1, that's six and five eighths on the right the left side is five or well, your right just got cut down to five inches and then they'll add the inside spread and it usually ends up when everything's said and done they're pretty close to end up being close to the same score on your typicals now i have seen some 30 40-inch differences on your non-typicals just because of the way they do it. Wow. Another issue is the drying <laughs> period thing. Yes, the drying period. Uh, but Masters does not have a drying period because we do not do the inside spread and the official score. So if we was hunting together, you kill one that made a book, I could put it in there 30 minutes after you shot it. Right. That's something I've never understood about Boone and Crockett and Pope Young because he's walking around with it alive at that at that stage, and then why you got to wait 60 days for it being dead? That don't, don't make no sense to me. But anyway, that's what they do. So, oh, uh, your antlers still have a little bit of moisture, but not much. But the skull cap is still a living tissue up until the time you kill that animal, and your inside spread is what mainly is going to shrink in that 90 days. Oh. Uh, 
but it's still walking around with the lives. What bothers me? I mean, yeah. to me, you know, you what what he had when he was alive is what he had. So that's it. So what's a common uh, like deduction from that drying period? I mean, are they losing like an inch and a half, or can it be more extreme than that? It varies. I mean, it depends on the animal. Depends on where you have it located during the drying period. I can tell you on mine that I waited on the drying period for the Boone and Crockett, and the beam lengths shrunk an inch on each beam. Really? So, yes, in the 60 days. So, oh. like I say, it's still like a living tissue in there, and just slowly drying on the 60 days. And my brother's there, which he scored it with Alabama White Records in, in uh, say, 98. And then we didn't have it scored Buckmasters till 2006. Nine inches it lost because – you figure 18 points and all your circumferences and the lengths and all that, a quarter inch off over that drying period is how many inches it lost. Yeah. Now, that, it, so. If you have it in your home close to a heat source, it's going to dry a lot quicker, a lot more. It'll shrink a lot more the closer it is to a heat source. You know, you see people have them over fireplaces and stuff. Uh, you're shrinking Right. If you take a, if you ever took one and had somebody cut it, you know, just cut it and then look at it inside there, you see all the little red lines and stuff like that. Well, that's just over time, just draws up and dries. So mm -hmm. it's, they're going to shrink a lot. So, okay, my mind's a little blown right now. Holy crap! Okay, I wasn't expecting it to be. It could be that extreme uh, in, in some of these cases. Um, dang. Well, Steve, uh, if somebody's interested in, of course, getting a, a deer scored through Buckmasters, um, is there Pretty much, this need to go to the website and try to find a, a local master score. Or like, what what's like the process typically to try to get something scheduled? You can go to the website, find a score, and see if the score is still active. Uh, they're in the process of updating. Uh, we do have one or two active scores up here, but and they'll score your eights and tens. But I've had both of them call me on a more not typical deer say nope i'm not touching it go to sleep uh also we could use some more scores if you're interested in it uh but all scores is strictly a volunteer basis uh and in order to be a score you have to get your local conservation officer to do a background check on you and say that you have no tickets for or game violations of any kind, hunting or fishing. And then once that's complete, you'll come to Montgomery during the Buckmasters Expo, take the course on Saturday. Once you get trained, you'll take a test, a reading test. And if you pass, you'll score. Uh, the biggest thing is, a lot of people will call wanting, but when you tell them, hey, you got back past this background check, oh, never mind. And then they say, wait a second, you don't get paid for this? No, this is just, uh, as they say, a labor of love. Right. Well, that, a lot of that keeps it honest to me, is that, that part. So you start throwing money in there, and <laughs> yeah. a lot of, some people start changing. So, But, uh, so that's in, so again they just go to the the expo in Bur er, in Montgomery mm -hmm. and then uh, take the course there. The course is actually during the expo. During the expo, Saturday during the expo. Uh, 
generally we just have one or two people and they'll be out rescoring deer that we've already scored and we have a trunk of deer that or a trunk of uh replicas of deer that we've scored in the past and we thought they was unique enough uh there's one replica in it that a guy killed in uh, saint florian that i measured several years ago i went up and got it took it to the office i hadn't been scoring that long and uh perfect three point on one side big club on the other side that had 26 scoreable points (laughs) 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 and uh when i got you know that was years ago no cell phones and stuff and when i got an email and a phone call i emailed a picture of it to russell thornberry who was founded the btr uh with uh, jackie's blessings and i emailed him the picture i mean i hit send my phone wrong and he's like where's this deer at told him he said all right he said i want a replica of it if he will allow it he said if he allows to make a replica i'll pay for his process or his taxidermy up to 350 dollars which 20 years ago that was average cost (laughs) (laughs) but there have been a lot of those deer over the years Uh, 250 inch deer out of Sylvester Georgia which is south central Georgia Uh, I've had a 240 something inch velvet out of uh, Louisiana right across the river from Natchez that was Hunter Harvest Hunter Harvest um, there's been several 200-inch deer from Alabama, and then there's several, like Michael's deer, that's right there on the line. There was one year, I think, I ended up with 10 over 170, and a couple of those were South Alabama deer, like Enterprise Alabama deer. When you think turkey calls, think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB hen, some days I might like the ghost cut. Some situations I might like the country girl call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations I might like the all pro that I can get a little bit softer on. Bottom line, there's something for everybody and something for every situation and hey, you can get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls by using the promo code SOP24 that's SOP24 use that promo code it'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. True Lock Chokes has been made in Georgia since 1981 and offering a wide range of chokes, over 2,000 different chokes for all kinds of shooting activities. You might be wondering why you'd want to purchase a True Lock Choke, and it's to improve your shotgun performance. Absolutely guaranteed. And as a great example, we have Andrew Maxwell here. And uh, Andrew, you've had some pretty good luck, again, kind of switching out chokes and trying out the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. So, Andrew, what's been your experience so far? Yeah, I've always, I've used the same choke for several years now. I never really thought much of it, and I got the True Lock choke in. I patterned my gun with the first choke at... Uh, 30 and 50, and then I switched to the true lock and changed from 30 to 50. And the 50 yard pattern on my gun with the true lock choke is unbelievable. Like everybody's jaws were dropping. Like when I, we were out there with Mike and Sam, we were all super impressed. I mean, it's throwing a better pattern at 50 now than it was throwing at 40 before my old choke. And Andrew, you're shooting the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. It's a great option. Same chokes I have in my shotgun. So guys, if you want to give True Lock a shot this spring, you can head over to truelockchokes.com. That's T-R-U-L-O-C-K-chokes.com. You can also use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout at truelockchokes.com and save 10% on your order. Again, give True Lock a shot this spring especially if you're not happy with the performance of your shotgun and shoot with a more deadly pattern with true lock. Have you noticed any, uh, let me, Oh, this is the, this is the guy to ask Perry. You might want to listen in on this too. Um, has there been any pattern to where some of these bucks come out of or time or like certain years, some years are better than other years for some of these big bucks, you know, coming in or some years are better. Oh, uh, and then there's, no rhyme or reason for some of them. <laughs> yeah, that was the year of year two thousand. If you're looking at Buckmaster Record Book, the year of two thousand is very unique. I don't know. It's a bunch of bit like a bunch of several one seventies or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, but we're sitting in the land of the giants right now. I mm-hmm. think most of your records, all three on some of them, you know, the bow, muzzle loader, and rifle come from this area. This this northwest section does produce a lot of them uh, but if you think about it this section up here of the state has so much more agriculture so much more hardwood i tell everybody at home it's hard for deer to get big at home eating pine needles i mean uh, a lot of the agriculture that used to be in the Greensburg, Demopolis, Uniontown, all down through there, was turned into catfish farms when... There's a bunch of them down there. But, you know, some of it's coming back, thanks to ethanol for your fuel. <laughs> right. Uh, so... If Steve Lucas wanted to kill a state record buck, which area would he go to? <laughs> He'd follow Michael Perry to the spot. <laughs> put put a, one of those air tags on his truck. <laughs> you know. But if you had to pick an area. It would probably be this area. This area. I always say this this corner. Uh, it's the most consistent. Uh, but, but 
every year there's slammers come out of here. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, oh, it, you know, a couple of years ago there was a 170 class come out just outside of Troy. That same year, there was that one that come out of Enterprise down there on the Florida state line. I think last year, a year before, there was a big one come out of, around the Livingston area down there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. The big one. That's a big deal. Um, last year, there was a, I'm trying to remember, 160 come out of uh, Hale County. So, I mean, that deer was within eight miles of Pine Lake. Wow. Well, well, that not there was then was closer than eight miles of Pine Lake, probably. That uh, <laughs> my, my brother's here. So, so I mean, really, that's, that's the one your brother shot. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's just there. It goes back to the hunters. Everybody's screaming that they don't get that big in our area. If you'll properly manage your deer and let them get some age on them, and if you want to supplement feed, feed something other than corn, which is full of carbs that don't really do anything but add weight, anywhere in the state of Alabama can have big deer. I've measured several from the Mobile area south of I-10 that went 170. But that's a one guy lived deer. in Orange Beach and killed it within five miles of his home. <laughs> Man. So, and this year, I haven't measured them, but I've seen some that I'm talking with some people from the panhandle of Florida that are 160, 170 class deer within 15 miles of Panama City. Man, that's like a guy we talked to one time who hunts the panhandle of Florida, and he's like, Man, I'll tell you what. When you have a 140-pound deer with a 130-inch uh, rack on his head, he looks like a giant. So I can't imagine what a 170-inch deer on a 130, 140-pound body looks like. Well, with them being able to feed and everything like we can now, uh, some of the body weights are going up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're killing some 170, 180-pound uh, deer. A lot of the same... I think this morning on Facebook, some guy killed a monster in Costa County. I mean, big body deer, and I thought, I saw that. Well, there, man, I scored one for a guy, uh, 2019. That was in the 170 class from Coosa County. Uh, I I think it was 88 or 89. I killed 14 deer down there one year, and uh, 11 of them were bucks, and the heaviest one about. 120. I mean, that was just, there was so many, they were just little deer. So it's changed a lot. Man, that's no joke. But that, but that conservation, you know, it, it can go a lot of different ways. Um, Andrew believes in conservation. I, I mean, he let a big one walk the other day. <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. Now, that is a pro. Well, it's like you've done this before, my man. That was, God, that was smooth. Right. Uh, Look, I felt bad for the guy who was going to have my unit the week after me. 
And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to scare this deer a little bit and make sure it's harder for that guy. Give him a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm to let this deer know what a gunshot sounds I like. S- I've seen the opportunity for that one. I was going to ask you, did you believe in buck favor? But, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. just like we said earlier. Some Indians are made to get water and firewood. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all hunters. <laughs> Man. I can't. I can't say anything. I've given Michael Pike so much crap because he he usually misses a deer like that like every year, and uh, and now here I am. Hey man, we've all missed them. I don't care what anybody says. If you hunted long enough, you've missed them and just sat there. How'd I miss it? How in the world did I miss that deer? Oh man, no it happens. You can ask Jacob. I was I was highly distraught. I, was I a- cannot wait to share everybody this footage. <laughs> it, it, listen, if it don't bring a smile, well, at first of all, it's gonna break your heart, but afterwards, you see his reaction, it put a smile on your face. I was like a little kid, man. Was, was, He's throwing his hat, temper tantrum, just, I mean, just trying to drop, him, trying to drop his hat. platform out of the tree. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, we're about to come back in here and kill one in the morning. He was, he was about to drop all the stuff out of his tree, just done. Yeah, I was, I was, just, I was upset. Just gave up on I everything. He, I bet he scared the fire out of the crows and everything else fly, <laughs> dude, flying dude, over. Dude, everybody was like, man, do y- y- y'all getting the sounder of pigs? Like, no, just one buck and four shots. Oh, yeah, that's the first thing I thought is every everybody on the units around us just heard me rack four rounds through this gun in about 45 seconds. They're, they're probably like, oh, he got into a mess of pigs. He's trying to kill a bunch but, of pigs. But it was a conservation thing. You let him get bigger. That's right. I mean, you said mm-hmm. he maybe 140, yeah, 150. He, he looked too calm, and so I was like, obviously this deer isn't pressured enough, so I'm going to I'm gonna well, miss him four times. That's, that's the tactic that works. <laughs> Just yeah. stand still. <laughs> you wouldn't hunt South Alabama the other day, would you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this deer, golly. He was enjoying, like Jacob said, he was just enjoying his evening. Not a care in the world. He sat there, that deer, you know, and he seen you, and he looked up there, and he said, is that that podcast, boy? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say, Andrew? Uh, let's see. Hey, I'll just be still. Yeah. And what cracked me up, and I, I listened to the podcast, man, I swear I was feeling so bad for you. Man. <laughs> I, I was saying, oh, my God, man. I said, oh, that's bad. And then when you kept on, and you kept describing how the deer just stood there and just kept walking around. <laughs> and I was going, and I'm in my brain, I'm going, shoot him again. Shoot, shoot him again. <laughs> shoot, 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 shoot again. Shoot again. And the deer never run off. You wasn't even hitting close. (laughs) (laughs) You climbed down out of your tree. And the deer stood there. And walked up closer to the deer. He's still standing there. (laughs) It was a petting zoo. Uh, That sounds like that uh, YouTube video that's going around and been on Facebook for several years. That guy, I think, out in Texas shooting at that big deer on that Sendero. Oh, that's what the deer just standing there, like, okay. That deer was related oh. to the one injury you were shooting at, for sure. <laughs> Man, it's like that old video that used to be on outdoor TV. It's like a commercial or something where the, the lady misses a doe with her bow like five times. Like an arrow hits by the doe, and she's like, she whips around, and then she shoots again, and an arrow hits here, and it's looking at that arrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like. Dude, it was terrible. But, but in my brain, because I've been there. In my brain, I was going, oh, man, I bet he feels like crap up in that tree. Man. <laughs> I said, I hope Jacob watched him that night. <laughs> but when you, you know, you've hunted your whole life for 140, 150, that's great, great, great deer in Alabama, you know, and then, you know. Oh, and it's whiff. And it stands still. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you the footage. God, guys. But the biggest insult. 
the biggest thing. You didn't need to tell that part of the story. How the deer just, well, it walked 10 yards and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it was standing kind of broadside. I shot again. Well, it walked about 10 yards and stopped. <laughs> Well, I done it again. <laughs> he was just trying, just trying to stand in there, and well, I got down out of my tree. <laughs> Deer still standing there. Oh. And I walked to get a better angle at it, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm sitting there saying, "Dude, if you're watching the wings, you shooting again? Just keep shooting until you run out of shells." <laughs> I tried to climb into Jacob's tree to get a better shot on this. I, and the crazy thing is, if if, if I had his gun. Like I was filming it, and he's like wide open for me. I'm like, how can you not see? He's like, I can see it. I just can't shoot it. I'm like, I was, I was thinking in my head. I'm like, throw, throw me the gun. Or well, see, well, see, now you added insult to injury because he could have said, man, I went back and checked my gun. It was way off. But you killed a deer with his gun. <laughs> so he can't even say that. So he's just, you know, he no, just got to own up. I got nothing. And I hit it on the first shot, too, which is a big deal. Because <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, what you're not uh, really mentioned, Steve doesn't know. But the next morning, we went and sat the same spot, and Andrew did the same thing again on another buck, which is the one you just measured, Steve, where <laughs> missed on the first shot, deer walks five feet, stands there, looks around, hits on the second shot, and deer goes down. And then I climb out of my tree, go grab his gun from history. I give him the camera gear because we're like 10 yards apart. I climb back up and then shoot my buck, which is a mature buck, came by an hour later. And I hit him on the first shot, though, which, you know. One and done, we good. You did shoot twice, though. I did shoot twice, but I didn't hit him with the second one, but he went down. <laughs> we, we went through a half – we went through three-quarters of a box of ammo in this one holler in, in less than two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're just, it was guns blazing. The people next to us were pissed. They're like, what are they shooting down there, scaring all of our deer off? Man, I was sitting there listening to podcasts, and I'm in it. You know, I'm right there with you. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm in the tree behind – and you're talking about a deer standing behind you, and you're snort wheezing at the deer, and I said, well, he's going to miss it. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting there right there with you, you know. And then Jacob says, and then I've seen his deer fall. And I'm like, well, God, man, I'm glad that deer <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad that deer finally fell. Oh. But seriously, though, I, I give people advice, and people get real bad about it, and especially if they've ever been scoped. You ever get popped with a scope, you do things subconsciously you do not realize. You know, your, your front hand should be a rest, not a holder. But. Have someone videotape you shooting offhand, and I'm telling you it'll help you because you, you're doing things that you don't know you're doing. Like, apparently you're doing this. <laughs> Audio show, but Wes is jerking in the sky, like setting the, setting the hook on a big bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all were talking setting about that covey of birds that come up. Well, you would have been good on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, man. oh, but I told you I was going to. If you'd had a pike, well, you'd have had to run in a circle, maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but it happens. It does yeah, happen, it does man. Happen. I felt so bad for you. I was just, I was going, man. Uh, I felt bad hey, for you. Hey, I said it on the show. I was like, but man. Once, you, once I heard you killed a nice deer, and, I seen, and I've seen it here, it's a nice, really nice deer. I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I can't believe he didn't lose his shirt tail. See, some traditions are gone. He lost his whole set of clothes over that four shirt. Take the whole shirt, throw it in the back of the pants. That should have been automatic donating your gun to somebody that needed a gun. I was wondering, I'm like, is the gun off? I'm like, did he smack the scope or something? Because especially after that next morning when he shot and didn't hit on the first shot, I'm like, we need to go check this scope real quick. I'm like, if you don't kill this deer, we got problems. Ray Charles set that scope. 
But no, it's all. Uh, it, it, it yeah, was, that's it, what it, I said. You added insult to injury because you've like one time dare down. Yeah. So I just left you just out in the cold, going to get firewood and water. That's that's what I said. I, you know, if if we hadn't seen another deer, then maybe I could have just told everybody, been like, yeah, that scope was off. Oh yeah. man, I went <laughs> and shot it the ever next. Known. I went and shot it next day, man. It was like eight inches low. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I don't know about this whole filming hunts thing, man. Now, now there's no escaping it. <laughs> hey, you're doing, you're doing the perfect thing. Might as well just own it. Hey, man, I missed it. <sighs> Documented proof. Mm. Documented you proof. He said. He said. We looked back at the video, and I was thinking, you're not looking at the video. He missed it. <laughs> and and the first shot went over the deer. And I went, yep. okay, well, maybe he lowered the second one. Well, the second shot went in front of the deer. And I went, well, good God, he's like way off. <laughs> he's like high on one shot, and like a foot and a half to the right on the next shot. <laughs> and, and the bullet just grazed the front of him. And I went. Okay, shot over the deer, and they hit. Now he's grazing in front, man. Just, that boy's gonna need a bigger gun. Oh yeah, it, it happens, man. It does. It, every they everybody misses. Everybody, oh, I don't yeah. care what they say. They they miss. Yep. You know, I've hit twigs. I've done this. I've done that. And, mm -hmm. But I've had deer standing broadside. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> Nothing. Deer walk off. And the walk off is the most insulting thing that they do. Yeah. They, they don't even run because the shell did not hit close to them. <laughs> yeah. They just walk off. Oh, but yeah. yours, I ain't shot it one four times in this day. I'm going to hit close enough. It's going to hit. They won't shoot a tree next to it or something. Man, I mean, you must have been way out there. <laughs> FAA better check some of them planes flying <laughs> over some bullet holes. <laughs> well, I heard a boy, I heard a story years ago, man, and this guy, and these people were dog hunters. And the guy said, man, a buck run up there to me. He said, I held right on it, and I don't know why I missed it. And another guy, an older guy, he's just funny, you know, and he said, I know the reason you missed it. He said, look at that pine tree going up it. He said, every shot went higher and higher and higher. <laughs> he said, you hit that pine tree every time going all the way up. Your last shot was 12 foot high. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had to put, I had to pick on you a little bit, man. But, oh, but I, you, I but you two guys, man, y'all are a credit to your podcast because, I mean, I know you see it. Michael says it. I say it. But, man, y'all are getting better. Y'all getting better at a real fast rate. Yeah. Y'all had more. Thanks to guys like y'all. Y'all had a heck of a season. I mean, unbelievable, really. Especially that little red-haired boy over there. That's your best season? Yeah, got six bucks for the year. Six bucks. Bucked out in three states. Somebody knows to do a podcast on them boys. Bucked out in three states. We're going to do a podcast on y'all one day. Easy. You can't get it Hey, if Andrew would have killed that big one for sure, I'm like, oh, we do it over now. We're doing a podcast, baby. I was thinking, like, this is going to do it, man. One of us kills a real big deer. I'm like, oh, this is it. And I'm like, dang. He's just walking away. Whiffed it. At this time, you know, you've already killed five bucks. And you keep saying him miss. What was going through your head? Just give me the gun. Oh, they're telling you. Give me the gun. Wide open shot at the big deer. You're like, I'll end this right now. I was just filming. I'm like, I'm just going to get some footage. I thought the deer was, I, th I literally, I thought he gut shot it because it was acting all weird. And clearly, we, the more we, like, I took the camera, put the camera down, looked at it with the bottles. I'm like, there's not a hit mark on this deer. He was laughing. 
Oh, yeah. He, he, he was standing there, 200 yards, standing there in the bottom. Now, the bottom is a little ditch, and he's just like looking, like looking around. I stood there for 10 minutes, probably. And I'm like, what is, I'm like, he's not going down. I'm like, we got a problem. Yeah. Like, there's not a hole in this deer. And then, you know, again, we saw the footage. And yeah, the y'all deck. kept saying that. You kept saying, like, well, I throw the binos on him. And we didn't see no holes. And I'm saying, man, you can still see that deer that close. Why ain't yeah. somebody shooting? <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to hunt black warriors up. That wouldn't be happening. Hey. Well, see, see lesson, lesson learned. Even the camera guy needs to be carrying a weapon. So. Yeah. Well, I agree. I, I, I agree. I'm but a, how long did y'all have the deer in between the two of you, how long did you see the deer? 45 minutes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, take five minutes? Five oh, I mean, I saw it took him five minutes just to get to where he was, like, where Andrew could see him. I mean, I saw him way longer than Andrew. He was just slowly working his way up that ditch. Yeah, you were telling Andrew, like, this is going to be your biggest oh, deer. I, I, yeah, I'm filming, I've, been filming, I've been filming deer for, like, two or three minutes. I, I look minute, over, I'm like, wait, this. wait, 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 wait. He done what now? So you didn't he, listen he to the podcast. He was telling Andrew all about what it's going to uh-huh. be. You're fixing oh, to shoot the Oh, he was socking Andrew. He didn't want me to shoot the deer. Listen, hey, Wes, so I have the camera. I'm looking at this. I'm like, this deer is huge. And I turn around to Andrew. I'm like, Andrew, this is the biggest buck you will ever shoot. And I turn back. <laughs> Dude, oh, and man. Get, and he's like, he can't even see the deer yet. He can't even and see he the turned, deer. And he said, I would high shoulder this deer. Yeah. I guarantee you, Andrew, as soon as he, you said that, he was going, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anxiety and everything started kicking in for you ever saying, he didn't have a chance, man. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's his fault, well, really, when yeah. you think about it. Yeah, probably. Hey, he subversed hey. you big time, I, I would blame it on him the, before anything. The funniest thing. Oh, I'll take it because I think it's. I still think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. The funniest thing is he's wearing a lapel mic, which is like that little microphone right on your shirt collar. And I can. I have headsets on just like right now, and I can hear like I can hear him when he's moving, talking, whatever. And when I saw, said that, it was all quiet. Like he wasn't doing anything because like, he couldn't see the deer yet. Well, finally, when the deer's working this scrape down below, is having a grand old time making the scrape. He sees the deer, and I start hearing rustling going on. I'm like, oh, well, he's looking because Andrew's just behind me. And then all of a sudden, we didn't hear it until later. We were watching the footage. You can hear his heartbeat going. Oh, it's going do, 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 that's do, do, because do, 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 his so-called buddy just said, this might be the biggest deer you ever seen in your life. <laughs> he's done got his heart rate up 200 beats a minute. Yep, that's right. Yep. Yep. Seemed like we did two Friday breakdowns or two man episodes. <laughs> yeah, we time. did. We this, did. This was an awesome deal. So. Sweet. Well, Steve, again, great. Really appreciate you coming uh, up. Thank uh, you for having me. Absolutely. It's been an awesome event. Scoring some deer. And then, Wes, appreciate you coming up, too, man. Like, give it up a day of hunting. I mean, even though it was probably raining down there it, where you guys were. It was were raining at. down well, there. He told me he's going to drive three hours just to mess with Andrew. So. I, I, when I listened to podcasts yesterday, I said, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> plus, it, plus, it was raining where, where I hunt. Yep. So. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And then, Perry, appreciate you joining us as well, bringing oh, yeah. some, some mounts and everything and, uh, and hanging out. It's been, a, it's been an awesome time. So, appreciate all the listeners, too, that uh, showed up for the podcast. Still got a couple over here sitting, hanging out with us. But uh, it is way later than uh, I thought we were going to be here. So, hang out with Weavers and. The Southern Outdoors, man. All the cool and kids. You told me I, you was coming. So I'd come see you. <laughs> Got to hug it out. You know, man, I hate yeah. to hang yeah. around with these beginners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. Anyways, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Again, thanks for everyone who showed up for the event uh, here at Weavers. And uh, appreciate Weavers again for you know helping put on this event and on X for supplying some uh, those 15 elite memberships which is pretty yeah, sweet I got too. one of those oh yeah wes is we're gonna get him off hunt stand now yeah. back onto the onyx train but now anyways appreciate everybody joining us for the podcast and we'll catch y'all back here for the next episode of the southern outdoorsman podcast
Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no-brainer. You gotta be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.